1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Zeggers. I'm glad you're tuning back in. Happy Monday. I've got another surprise for you. I actually did a fun combo episode again with Graham Allen. And this time we answered submitted questions from Graham Allen's audience when he said that I was going to be on the show. So it was super duper fun. I'm glad that I got to spend so much time with Graham and his family down in South Carolina last week. It was a blast. I learned so much and it's really nice to be amongst like-minded people. But you guys, if you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button so that you get updated on the latest episodes. I do three of these a week. And before we get into the first topic, the first question, I should say, I just have to remind you, if you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work that Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left lost their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. That's because they take a portion of your bill and they fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, and the Second Amendment, and they are winning when they do this. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Morgan or call 972-PATRIOT and get free activation with offer code Morgan. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. We love that, don't we? Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Morgan or call 972-PATRIOT.
0: Right. What up? Hey, what up? Hey. What up? America. Welcome to a new episode of the Dear America podcast. Morgan Zeggers is still in the studio today. Morgan, say hi to everybody.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs> um, it never fails. I've got to go and speak at the University of Alabama today. And my voice is going out. Never fails. It, it always works that it way. It happens every single time i have to go give a speech in real life it always comes after like a plethora of episodes we've had to film or whatever it is my voice is always on the 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 brink of going out all the time anyway um and i actually had a long conversation with john cooper about this he struggles with the same thing his voice goes out all the time because we use it so much do do you have Voice problems? Or is it a guy thing?
1: I think it might be a guy thing. My voice doesn't travel much to begin with, so when I have my little podcast and I'm just talking, I sound like this. It's not really straining my
0: throat. Right. I guess I'm more of a throat talker, I guess. You know, some people like really, you know, diaphragm speakers. I'm all like... Throat talking, I guess. Yeah, I don't, practice I don't.
2: your diaphragm speaking then.
0: I, I guess. My voice travels <laughs> enough as it is. I don't know if I need to like be any louder but than I But imagine if
2: you did use a diaphragm. That'd be pretty cool.
0: I guess. I, any, anyway, so today I'll be at the University of Alabama. So for any of you that are in the area, you should come uh, see the uh, speech. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about because that's just how I roll. I'm going to see what happens. I will wear my Bama jersey, though. I and, mean – That it's just it's happening. If I
2: was with you, I'd be wearing Georgia. So
0: no, you wouldn't because Uh, we're not getting into a fight. And then I would have to, (laughs) then I would have to fire you because I would lose the entire state of Alabama. That I would allow someone that works with me to wear a Georgia anything. Well,
2: I'm not wearing. I wouldn't be wearing Bama.
0: That's why that's why Zach's not coming to that's, uh, the that's event. Why I'm not coming um, <laughs> all right, um, today is Q and A day. As many of you know, we've changed the format of this show to where we're always going to work a Q and A session into this thing. Where um, we can answer your questions and hopefully they're questions, not stupid questions. If you submit a stupid question, I will give your handles out and I will give your email out (laughs) and I will let everybody know your stupid question. Um, But hopefully this is an opportunity for you guys to – have a more, I don't know, intimate conversation with us, and, and we're also going to throw the questions to Morgan as as well, and hopefully we have some really good things. So first of all, Morgan, um, <clears throat> I've had at least 20 questions already about how me and Alyssa got a divorce and how did I land Morgan Zeggers. So apparently me and you are together now or have some affair really? happening already. Oh, Literally no. within a three-day time period, <laughs> it has happened already.
2: And y'all didn't tell me about it? <clears throat> Guys, I thought we were friends.
0: Well, Zach, we had to keep it quiet. But, but now we're publicly going to announce, I guess, that... We're having an affair. See, I guess. This no. actually I does I put me in an
2: awkward position because I'm friends with you guys and
0: Alyssa. Yeah, you're going to have to choose Morgan or Alyssa. So. No,
1: no, 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 no. no. no I, I like Alyssa more than anybody here in this room.
0: Uh, so. uh, oh, Morgan. Any well, comments that, I, no else?
1: No, I,
2: I, I do too. So. Um, yeah. I have the
1: greatest respect for Alyssa. I probably have a crush on Alyssa more so than any of the men in this situation. So. That's,
0: what, that's what happens. And if
1: you meet Alyssa, you'll know what I'm talking about. Beautiful.
0: She's the best. She's the best <laughs> of all of us um, here at the Dear America Studios.
1: Alright guys, gotta cut in and remind you that you have all helped build MyPillow into an incredible company that it is today and you've trusted Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively for my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets that are marked down to as low as twenty nine ninety eight. I love them by the way, I use them in my Texas apartment. Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set that I also use down in Texas and I'm excited because I'm going to be using them soon. This set is made with USA Cotton. It makes Extremely absorbent, but still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. Some towels, they feel like they'll be good, and then they trick you. They literally just move the water around your body. It's a big lie. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. But for a limited time with promo code Morgan, 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 you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of nineteen ninety-eight with promo code Morgan. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There is a limited supply, so order now. Call one-eight hundred-seven three 8374 use promo code Morgan, or go to mypillow.com, click the radio listener square, and use promo
0: code Morgan. It's- it's funny to me, Morgan, I'm I'm curious, I already know that you do, but every time someone sees me with a woman that's not Alyssa, uh, i.e. through your stories or whatnot, or a picture I take with my, uh, people thought that me and Anna Paulina were together for a long time. People thought me and Alex Clark were together for a <laughs> while. Um, you guys would really fit. Yeah. T- oh. <laughs> I, I love alex but <laughs> i man she told me one time that her type was justin bieber and i was just like we are not the same person exactly yeah. <laughs> we, we, we are not the same person uh wouldn't tommy laren was a big one everybody thought me and tommy laren were together for a really long time uh anyway it is every man you're ever seen with automatically you're dating them? Is that how it normally goes for you?
1: Oh yeah, totally. And, and so that's what's interesting. I think it's also because I don't share my relationship status or any of that stuff publicly to begin with. So everybody just is always like, why are you still single? It's kind of embarrassing. I get a lot of those <laughs> of like, really? what's wrong with you if you are still single, Morgan? You look so great on social media. And so I kind of want to be like, maybe I just don't share that stuff. But to be honest, maybe people just, you know, they don't know you're married, Graham. And so they say, Oh, that'd be a cute couple. And they just have a little rom-com in their head i
0: think i think a lot of people do know that i'm married but to your point i think deep down it's kind of like this celebrity thing where which i think is stupid for people to think of us that way but i do i think people secretly like they you want know, the drama brad pitt and uh jennifer uh oh crap what's her name uh aniston aniston um And then, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, J-Lo was with um, the baseball player, can't remember his name either, and now she's back with uh, Ben Affleck, et cetera. I think they do. I think they go, oh, that would be really sad if Graham and Alyssa got a divorce, but this person and Graham would be like a power couple, you know, kind of of thing. And I think they do that weird Matchmaking thing, which well, is interesting. that happens to
1: me actually. So a lot of people f- pick other microphone boys, as what I call them, like the ones that say we're going to civil war. They would be the first to die in the civil war, is what I like to say. Mm. Um, Not everybody's as masculine when they're in politics. I'm literally talking about a microphone
0: well, right now. Well, what I'm about said, to say please.
1: is Graham's probably like the most masculine person in politics that commentates as a conservative. The rest of them are quite uh, not like that. And so I get shipped with uh, the other ones and I just am like, you guys aren't listening. One time I had this uh, situation. I went on a podcast and then after that I got a ton of messages about how I should, (laughs) I should marry Nick Fuentes um, because they were like, this is Nick's perfect wife. And I said, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't communicate my values enough.
0: Maybe you should like do, one of those things like, you, you know how people used to do like those uh, old paper new uh, uh, magazine clippings where they would clip out certain things of like a, to make like the perfect person. And you should just put it up there and be like, unless they look somewhat like this, the answer is no. <laughs> like, like, it's got to be at least in this certain range of a person. Nick Fuentes? Yeah. The dude's like 5'4", 110 pounds. It's not my type. Let's just say that. Yeah, he's not a fan of me. He makes fun of me a good bit. But either way, all right, so no, me and Morgan are not dating. Uh, We are not having an affair. Uh, she was literally just with Alyssa yesterday. Um, Great tacos, we
1: had tacos. Oh, want to know what's funny though? The waiter thought that Zach and I were dating. Oh, yes. yes. I yes. Zach, Zach right. had To buy my lunch, Morgan's <laughs>
0: really, getting, she's really getting around here in South Carolina. Pear, apparently, pear. Uh, that's why Zach's so shocked. He's like, I thought we,
2: yeah. were together. <laughs> Zach, I'm uh, sorry. Was like, I paid for lunch yesterday. Yeah. Come on, Morgan.
0: Yeah, he's like, Graham, you should have picked up the I tab see what she's for your doing girlfriend. She's here.
2: just trying to get free food. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, for wow. yeah. Thank you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I told Zach. Was funny
0: what a compliment it was that he got the ticket for Morgan it would have been more humiliating if it would have been like this absolutely no way that that's happening and <laughs> just gave him him and her a ticket and like yeah we know this isn't real and so I thought it was more a compliment than anything else um for both of you okay all right let's talk about serious things okay so Morgan this is actually to you so the last time because they're listeners and they know that you are going to be on the show. Um, <clears throat> they asked me this so I'm going to ask you this. What does a typical day or a typical successful day cuz you're a successful person so people want to know what our typical days include. So what is a typical day in Morgan Zegger's life? Let's let's go when you're not traveling, right? Like you cuz those are too hard to do. Your typical successful day what does that look like? When do you get up? What do you do? What are your habits? What are your, what what are your stuff? Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. So I, am an early riser. Um. I'm really what is big, early, early, probably between six and seven, because I like to get a full seven to eight hours of sleep. I'm big on sleep and I like to be healthy. And so I usually wake up between six and seven naturally because I wake up with natural light. It's amazing. If it's dark in the room, I struggle, but I just keep my blinds open. And I wake up. I always have a blueberry smoothie in the morning and a coffee and a nutritious breakfast. And then I hit the gym. I like to lift. Graham, I don't know if you agree with this, but when I lift in the morning after that, I feel like I'm going to conquer the world. I'm like, I'm going to go write a book real quick. And then I'm going to do all the things that I plan on doing over the next five years. Do you take anything
0: before you go to the gym? Do you take any kind of like spark energy drink or anything like that? Absolutely not. Absolutely. I eat a whole foods
1: diet. I just don't eat processed foods and I um, eat a lot of protein. And it's very, people look at my diet, it's very normal and basic. It's just nothing really crazy. Um, I literally make the same things every week. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine by that because it's healthy and nutritious. Food is fuel. Um, So I go to the gym and then I shower. And I also like to get primal hours, is what I call them. So I walk outside barefoot (laughs) and then I go for like usually a walk or a run in the sun because I think being in sunshine and getting that every single morning is so good. My day is unique because I'm self-employed. So I have my nonprofit where I interview people from communist countries. I run my wood shop, which is like a little flag business, wooden flags. And then I do my own personal media commentary. So fitting all those into the day is really, every day looks different, but it's always just making sure that everything's being maintained and filmed and submitted to Zach, because Zach's actually my editor. So um, with that, it's like fitting that all into the day is nice. I'm trying to make a better effort. Graham, maybe you can relate to this mm of having more balance and ending the day at a healthy time mm. instead of like, I could just keep going cause I'm mm. self-employed. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know when to start and when it's to hard start. Finding that so cutoff
2: point. so I, now
1: I'm cutting myself off. I have a healthy uh, dinner and then I try and go to bed. I actually just bought a TV. Mm. I've never had a TV. So I literally just do my day and then make my food and then I end up crashing. And now I like have a TV yeah. and I'm trying to like treat myself to watching stuff, but true I already crime. feel like a couch
2: true potato. Crime documentaries. So I I'm might kill you. the TV. I'm telling you. What's true your crime? show you're watching right
0: now?
1: Um, um, Westworld.
0: Westworld? Mm. Yeah, it's all right.
1: It's all right. It's but again, I'm like, I'm trying to get it. I don't like watching. I can't stand it. And so I'm like, meh, maybe I'm just not a TV watcher. You but now should, I own
0: one. You should watch, you know, because you're interested in like people's psychology or, you know, psyche and, you know, how they think and all this stuff. You should watch Mindhunters. And the whole show, it's on Netflix. It's about the formation of the BAU in the FBI, the behavior Whatever uh, things, and it's about the guy who literally went around like interviewing these psychopaths, these serial killers in prison, so they could start figuring out how to profile serial killers. It's actually very. What, what is it on show. Netflix? Yeah, yeah, Mind Hunters. That's what it's called. I will have to. And give so, that a like watch. that, that didn't exist until like the late seventies, early eighties, right? Because that was the decades of the serial killer. And that started the, the, the BAU and the FBI where, you know, now we have profilers and people can, you know, based off of what people do, they can be like, you're looking for this kind of person, you know, that you know, kind of thing. And it's super interesting. Oh, I, I like that. all that kind of stuff. I'm a weird crime junkie kind of guy. One thing that I find interesting is you're an odd duck in a good way. Every successful person I know is a bit odd in how they do things and their normal routines and and all this kind of stuff. Very regimented, too. Very regimented people. Um, Discipline. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. And, it and brings it's, freedom. It's the small things that lead to the accomplishment of the big things. And um, I don't know a single successful person that sleeps late. Um, I, I just don't. I, I'm more of a six hours kind of guy. Um, you know. I normally go to bed around 11 uh, because we have three kids. So me and Alyssa, like the the evenings is the only real time that we have together. So she keeps me up later than I would like. Uh, And it's so funny because she gets mad at me because I get up at like 530 in the morning. And so by 10 o'clock at night, man. I'm starting to nod off in the chair. I'm turning into that old man. <laughs> like, 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 I'm sitting in the chair. It's reclined. I'm sitting next to Alyssa, and I'm slowly starting just to, like, nod off in the chair. And she has to hit me to, like, wake me up and all this stuff. Um, That's a long day, though. It is a long day. See, I start nodding off at, <laughs> uh, like, eight. Every day is a long day. It's bad. Um, you know, like today. Today, my whole regiment is messed up because uh, i got to travel to Tuscaloosa, speak, And I'm still deciding if I'm going to stay in Tuscaloosa tonight or if I'm just going to just you know, just haul it back and get back around one o'clock tonight. And then, but then I still got to get up at five 30 the next day. So that's only like four well, hours.
1: Graham, hearing your schedule is so funny. Cause I was telling you maybe yesterday how I fully understand I'm in a certain phase of life right now where I'm not rushing to get out of it. I'm totally excited for the next phase, which will be like young kids and marriage and like a partner and stuff. Yeah. But it's literally just me in my bougie little apartment. Cause I've, you know, gotten all my cute furniture and I've got my <laughs> cow hides and all this stuff that I've envisioned. And I, you know, I worked hard to furnish it and everything. I have the most nutritious meals. I get my proper hours of sleep. Yep. Everything is prime. I get my primal hours. I literally have something called primal hour time. Yeah. What is that? So I, I understand that this is a, a phase. And I think about how, you know, I might not ever get this amount of sleep ever again, or yeah. at least for the next 18 years once I do have kids. So yeah. I'm very appreciative of this little phase. I
0: don't think that I have slept through the night in 12 years, there's always something. If it's not one of the kids, Alyssa has like a dream where she's trying to kick me off the bed or one of the dogs hears something in the middle of the night. Like, I don't think I've slept straight through the night in like 12 years. Cause if I'm in the hotel, I hear phantom noises, like, like, like a kid knocking at the door or something, but it and I'm like, what? You know, in the middle of the hotel room. And then I realized, oh, you're in a hotel room. There's nobody here. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, I just learned to survive without sleep. All right. <clears throat> Moving on <laughs> to uh, actual questions here. All right. So I have not read these beforehand. So let's just see here. let um, with okay, it. Okay. So do you think that we are getting to the end times? And so when do we head for the hills? Um well the simple answer is of course uh i, I you know it's kind of like uh uh look at this picture of you when you were younger well every picture is a picture of you technically when you were younger um of course we're headed to the end times we're definitely not headed to the beginning times um <laughs> you, you know That's I,
1: such a nerdy joke
0: <laughs> i know but but it's true like well yeah sure sure i do how close are we i have no idea i don't think we're i don't think we're at the point where like the ground is going to split open yet, uh, in our lifetimes and stuff. I specifically don't think that because the Bible's so clear that nobody knows when it's going to happen. So for me, that would indicate people would not be having these questions all over the country and all over the planet. Like, is this it? Is this the end? You know, well, the Bible's pretty clear that no, the, that's not how it's going to work. Um, I would definitely say that there are things that are starting to happen that the Bible talks about very specifically. One major thing is this, uh, digital currency idea that the white house is now opening up, you know, because the Bible says there'll be one, you know, currency one day, you know, kind of thing. And so that's, that's a step towards that direction. Obviously that hasn't happened yet. World war three has not happened yet, you know, and all those things. Um, when do I think that Americans need to start running for the hills? Um, I think as I, as I've talked about, I, I think 2024 is going to give a lot of answers in a lot of ways. Uh, the presidential election in, in that regard. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to go well either way. If Republicans win, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's just, you know, you ask the question. If Republicans win, I think Democrats burn everything down. If Democrats win, I think say goodbye to the Electoral College, and then that will never have another Republican president again kind of thing. Uh, Morgan, what do you think?
1: Um, Big question. I would say, you know, Graham and I talked about this since I've, I've been here. We've talked about it multiple times. How we're operating as a country is really not sustainable. Anymore. And people that have an appreciation for learning history, whether it's American history or world history, it just never goes well um, when countries start to act like this. So uh, I'm concerned about it. But at the same time, I think the best thing we can all do is focus on ourselves. I think the change, if we're going to bring positive change, is generational. It's how we raise our kids, it's how we equip them with the responsibilities of what they're going to be expected to do in the future with their own families. And the fact that we've departed from this very basic core primal concept is um concerning but i think that that alone could be a light at the end of the tunnel but i i do think we'll face end times eventually i'm a christian
0: yeah zach what do you think you think we're there think not yet getting close what do I think you
2: think we're getting close i mean i don't think we're there yet i also believe that the rapture happens and then things really go down but um I don't think we're there yet, but I definitely think we're not probably too far away.
1: Well, people, I think they romanticize it as if it's going to be this big collapse and then it'll be like a TV show where everybody's fighting and surviving and stuff. In reality, it'll look just like the other countries that decline, like Venezuela, where the economy starts to decline. People are unable to provide for themselves and get basic things. It's more of a slow rot. I think we're already very far into the slow rot and we just haven't reached a level where it's noticeable to a certain degree. And so that's why I I'm, I'm, don't mean to be negative about it, but I think that's already all happened. And we're yeah. just yeah. going to continue to see that.
0: I agree. Okay. I agree. All right. Uh, are companies like Disney too far gone to the liberal side for conservatives to save? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Disney has never been a good company, in my opinion. I think it's just even more apparent now. Um, Are you
1: talking about the sneaky stuff in the cartoons and everything? Yeah,
0: like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's rumors about, oh, it was a disgruntled employee, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. Just – it's like Cat Williams said in his comedy special, if for 40 years somebody's been saying, you know, that guy smokes crack, that dude smokes crack. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so long things have gone on that have just kind of been uh, a little weird, you know. Um, Yeah, I don't think Disney's ever been a great company. I don't know the whole story about Walt Disney himself. He perhaps may have been a decent person. And don't quote me on that. Like I said, not a big Disney fan Um, just in general. Um There's some adults that are obsessed with it. And I know this is going to get me in trouble, but grow up like, you know, like I've got I know grown people that their entire house is like Disney things. And, you know, you're a you're adults like what is happening right now? If I go into your home and I see Mickey Mouse clocks and, you know, like your kids are named like you know, Aladdin and all these other (laughs) kind of things. I'm calling the police like immediately. Like there's something like I, I can't it's same thing for rednecks. Look, I love rednecks, but if I go in your home and you've got every bucket of collectible Kentucky fried chicken on your shelf and things like that, I'm calling the police. Something's wrong. You know what I mean? I just can't do it. Um, Morgan, your thoughts.
1: Yeah. uh, So I would say in general, I just don't like to support anymore. Bless you, Graham. I, don't like to support companies that don't like us. They've made it clear that they think differently than us in pretty uh, substantial ways. And so that's one thing. But another part of it is it, too, like taking the politics out of it. Have you guys seen the. Um, the evaluation of the shows that Nick, Nickelodeon and Disney and stuff are putting out for kids, because I love childhood development and looking into the science of it. And children really learn mostly through imitation. And right. so the behavior of your parents Mirroring, is so yeah. important because you then mirror whatever your parents do. So when you see kids swearing and doing like really aggressive stuff, that's unfortunately their home at life. That's what they're seeing at home behind closed doors. And that's why you're seeing these kids act like adults. And that's really sad. But then take that into the kind of bratty, snotty behavior, the characters they're seeing on Disney shows. I think it's crazy. I look at those shows. I don't watch them because I don't have kids. I'm 25 and I don't ever see them. But sometimes they pop up on my screen or on my phone. And I'm shocked by the weirdness of the show in terms of the standard behavior of the main characters and i'm like this is not the kind of thing i want my kid who learns through imitation to be seeing and yeah. think that that's normal societal behavior
0: yeah um i was you know uh, it's halloween and so well it's october and <laughs> it's so october wait, which,
2: which makes it Halloween. <laughs> yeah and
0: so like you know I, I i'm a scary movie fan and and so like the, the first day of well not the first day because we we're at freedom on the range but but uh, October 2nd. Um, Did you watch Halloween? No, we watched uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. I haven't seen it. Oh,
1: my God. Is that a new movie?
0: You haven't seen it either? No. Ernest Thank has you. been dead for 20 years. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wow. Okay. Anyway.
2: We ruined that one for you. I'm sorry. Ernest
0: is a hilarious, back in the day where like you could have hilarious stuff for kids, right? He's just this idiot. That ends up saving the day every time. It's Ernest scared, scared stupid. Ernest saves Christmas. You know, like I mean, oh, it's all ki- it's all kinds of stuff. So uh, we watched uh, Ernest scared stupid. It's just hilarious, and, and so. Um, but Hocus Pocus is like a, a really big kids movie oh, yeah. back in the day, and um, they just had Hocus Pocus two come out, and you know my daughter is like like super pumps like, Oh, we're going to watch Hocus Pocus two, And I said, Nope, not unless I check it out first. And also it's a Disney film and I haven't seen it, but I've seen the reports come out that apparently in the movie, there is a uh, costume competition of which the Sanderson sisters are back or whatever. And they're the real deal. And they're somehow end up in the competition and everybody's supposed to be dressed up like the Sanderson sisters. And then there's these drag Queens, in the movie that are dressed up like center sisters. And then the joke of the movie is the drag Queens actually win for better costumes over the real thing. But it just goes to show Disney again, they just, they have to do it every single time. They have to. Why, why is that in there? You could have had, You could have had the most hideous women in the world dressed up as the Sanderson sisters. They win, and it would have been just as hilarious, if not more, than a bunch of drag queens up there kind of thing. I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, well, they've admitted, Graham, they've admitted the employees have said that they have an agenda to push a certain message. You also see this, I mean, people don't even know this, but there are people from Planned Parenthood that are specifically employed to help movie screenwriters write into the scripts positive abortion stories that push the abortion message. So we see this all the time. They admit it now. It's been too long for people to act like that's not the case. And the longer we support these kind of companies uh, and act like we're shocked every time this happens... It's it's just gonna get worse.
0: I agree. And that's a good segue into mm-hmm. uh this new uh question. Why are conservatives why do conservatives oh excuse me, when are conservatives going to stop their LGBTQ plus agenda? I didn't know the conservatives ha- I, I'm assuming they mean like we have an agenda against the LGBTQ plus community. I'm oh, assuming or did they what mean they to mean? say
1: the agenda? Like Uh, when are we going to stop the agenda? Conservatives
0: to no, it says conservatives to stop their LGBTQ agenda. So I'm, I'm taking this as, and I'm, if I'm misreading the question, I apologize. This person doesn't like, or feels as though conservatives are, have a LGBTQ plus agenda against the community. That's Uh, how I'm taking the question. If it was miswritten, you know, uh, either, either way. um, I do have an LGBTQ plus agenda. I've been very clear about that. I I, I think that are, do I believe that all people that are in the LGBTQ community, child groomers? No. Do I think that there's a legitimate effort to sexualize and groom our children that's being led by the LGBTQ uh, community or whatever? Yes, I do. Yes. And, and, and that, you know, you you always you've got the american side of me and you've got the christian side of me the american side of me hey you want to be gay you want to go do this you go do whatever you want right just just keep it away from me and my family i don't care which is what i would say to heterosexual couples as well i don't want to see people making out in the parking lot and you know i don't want to see people having sex in public with my kids there it just it's across the board right like there's no there's no reason for it um The Christian side of me, everybody already knows this. I do not agree with the LGBTQ plus lifestyles, their choices, their decisions. I don't agree with it. Um, However, I do think that there is a concentrated effort to sexualize our children. I believe that there is a concentrated effort to groom our children. I keep going back to this video from that San Francisco gay men's choir a couple years ago where it's like, we'll convert your children, right? Because – And I've said this a lot, and it's gotten me a lot of trouble, but since Morgan's here, I'll introduce her to this hatred as well. Um, I truly believe deep down in my heart that no sane human being actually believes that men can be women and women can be men and all this other kind of stuff. I don't. I, I don't believe that sane human beings actually believe that. I believe that we just have a bunch of cowards that just want to go about their day and they're like, "Oh yeah, sure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Whatever." You know, kind of thing. And so the LGBTQ the LGBTQ community goes after our children because children still believe in Santa Claus. They still believe that they can be Batman and all these other things. And so they do. They try to infiltrate their minds early to believe these things when they're super impressionable so they will have allies in the future oh, when yeah. they become adults. Your thoughts?
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. A lot of it is people just being complacent and not wanting to disrupt or, or be disrupted. And then what I'm concerned about is the, we always joke like, wait, they don't even want to procreate. Like how, how yeah. strong can a political movement be if they don't even want to have future generations? They're literally telling each other not to create kids, but at the same time they're indoctrinating our kids kids and they're going after our kids minds. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier with kids are really impressionable and they learn by imitation. They learn by what they see and then they do that. And so if they're told by the adults of society that certain things are normal, if they're seeing in every little Disney movie that there are, it's normal to have a bunch of drag Queens involved. It's normal to see men dressing as women. When these things are normalized to them, when their minds are forming, I think that's really abusive to them because you're disrupting how normal society should work in their mind. Uh, Another aspect of it too, do you remember the show that was really popular with like Chris Hansen and they would trick the pedophile? I feel like that used to be America. To Catch a Predator used to be like a big show because we all hated pedophiles. We all hated people that would attack and hurt children. And now it's like, We're being called hateful for trying to just call out really scary stuff of people abusing children. So I find something disturbing about that. Same thing with jail. Like, aren't aren't pedophiles like really attacked when they go to jail? I find it interesting that the most violent criminals, even though they've done terrible things, they all band together to hate the pedophiles in jail.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I I think that there's levels to everything. First of all, elementary down, there is no business at all of any kind to have any kind of sexual conversation of any means. Once they start hitting puberty, the parents need to start having conversation with their children. And I'm also not an idiot. Okay. You need health class. Hey, this is, you know, the male produces sperm. Women produce an egg. Sperm fertilizes egg. That turns into a baby. Well, what's scary, Planned Parenthood
1: now works with health care or with health classes in middle and high schools.
0: Right. What I'm saying is that they're now not just teaching that. They're now teaching like, this is how you perform oral sex. This is how you Mm -hmm. do anal sex. This is how you... Sorry, by the way, if your kids are listening, I should have said ahead of time, earmuffs, earmuffs on this one. But like um, my two boys are old enough now. We've kind of had the birds and the bees yeah you know not in depth detail but like you know Gunnar thought like a baby came out of the mom's butt for a while you know like like you know like we've had the conversations of no you know not with anna grace <clears throat> but the boys but just because we've had those conversations it's not like we leave the door open when me and Alyssa are trying to have sex you know what i'm saying like and like that's you what still, they're saying now you still have responsibilities oh, is that seriously what they're saying
1: Yeah. Oh, I was going to talk about it on the show actually and send it to you. There is now a new book because there's all these new resources. There was just a book that came out advising parents to do things like leaving the door open, uh, knowing that their kid would come in and see it or call the kid in to be like, can you grab me a towel? And then, oh, mommy and daddy are doing this and you just walked in on us. And it's all to what? Introduce them and normalize that That's the most disgusting
0: thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: (laughs) what happened to America that used to love watching To Catch a Predator? And now we're telling parents to do that. Forget the
0: Dahmer movie. That is...
1: (laughs) Isn't it disgusting? It is horrible.
0: My grandfather, rest his soul, (laughs) me and my friends one time, because I was raised by my grandparents, we walked in from school And I guess my grandparents forgot what time it was. And we walked in and we didn't see them, but we heard them in the back. Oh, Gloria. You know, (laughs) okay, kind of thing, just like that. And just the sound was so traumatizing to me to this day. And even my friends, even my friends to this day, we are grown men. (laughs) And every time we get together, they start still bring that up because it was such this burning image in our mind of oh my gosh
2: good for your grandparents though
0: it's a beautiful thing really if you think <laughs> about it in, in, in the That's long good. run but ugh, you know what oh, i mean yeah, like disgusting and so I'd be traumatized the thought of what you just said is, is it's insanity horrifying. to me okay all right moving on all right so these are two separate questions but they kind of go together so we'll put them together Okay, part one, do you think that we can overcome the division in the country? And part two, can we still have faith in humanity? Maureen, why don't you start this time?
1: Uh, uh, well, I have I understand there's always going to be factions. Factions can get, get quite uh, passionate. I just truly wonder now. Um, th- these are no longer factions in a country that are rooted on a foundation of – what the original principles of classical liberalism and of our founding, the idea that we should be rooted in choice as a society, not force. We have true authoritarians, totalitarians, people that believe, When remember that statistic came out for the 50% or more of Democrats believed in shunning people that didn't get vaccinated yeah. and, and shutting them out of polite society yeah. or forcing the vaccine on them. That kind of statistic is Horrifying to me because it. We always look at what happened throughout history and wonder how can these things happen? How can normal people? There's a book called Ordinary Men, where it shows normal people can be turned into quite hateful beings, or at least complicit with hate. And I, I see the state right now, and I'm I'm quite concerned because did you see that video Graham and Zach of the the classrooms? Students are starting to film what the classroom looks like when the pledge is read, and that is eerie. Yeah, every student for the most part is sitting down except for a few. And those few are then ostracized Mm -hmm. and they're saying the pledge as all of their classmates are keeping their head down, texting on their phones. And I see that kind of stuff. And I say, no society can last. No society can sustain in this way for too long. And that's what really disturbs me. Um, What was the other question?
0: Well, the other question is, um, can we still have faith in humanity? And oh. and and I'll start with this one. Yeah. You did a great job. There's nothing else to say. I agree with you on that. Uh no, I don't think the division in this country can be fixed. Um can we still have faith in humanity? Uh I don't have faith in humanity. I never have. Uh as a as a believing Christian, I do not believe that people are inherently good beings. People are inherently selfish beings. Uh go without food for a week and see what happens. Very quickly. Um we as Americans, we have this weird utopian society dream that people are inherently good and if we get rid of the guns and all this other kind of stuff, all crime will go away, blah, blah, blah. But it's because we're so incredibly blessed in this country that I, – I mean it. Literally cut off the food supply for three days. Watch how many people are murdered in three days in the country. I mean I'm serious. People are not – Innately good people. I believe that Christians, and through God's grace, we are, and through good parenting, we are taught to be selfless instead of selfish. But that selfish is an inherent nature within us that we have to be taught to go counterculture against. So do I have faith in humanity? No, I have faith in God. Um, and I have faith in the people that believe in God. Well, and not even all of them either. And so, um, I, I think that that's a question, you know, you see people when people do acts of kindness, like, you know, people will jump in and try to save somebody from drowning in a car and they'll be like, I still have faith in humanity that that that's not humanity to me those are people who have been raised their whole life to understand that life matters uh people's lives matter and and it is an it is a very small amount of people who actually are willing to do those things. Um, Same thing with the military, police, all this other kind of stuff. We've talked about this with police officers. We see all these uh, videos out of Uvalde, Texas, of all those cops that were cowards that did not go in and all this other kind of stuff. And we are punishing the actual people that we want that are the people when the bullets go off, they go towards the bullets those are not normal people. They do not operate the same as other people. They do not function in society the same as other people because they are different, and God made them different for a reason. And then we punish those guys, and then we reward the police officers that are timid and will hide when bullets are going and not put their lives before or not put someone else's lives before themselves and our entire society is backwards. Those people will get promoted through the ranks. They'll become captains and police chiefs and sheriffs and all this other stuff. And then your true, uh, warriors either get kicked out, they leave or you make it to where it's a, it's a, it's a no win scenario. Um, I don't have faith in humanity. I have faith in God and I have faith in, um, Christian parents teaching their children to be selfless instead of selfish.
1: Yeah, no. And just to add on to that, one of my favorite books is Mere Christianity um, by C.S. Lewis. And he talks about how there's that relationship of human nature, which is inherently sinful and evil. And then um, it's held to account by this feeling inside of us that there's right and wrong. And that's uh, God. That's this this feeling of, of faith and a belief in something greater than, than those sinful behaviors and actions. So that I, I was telling you earlier before we filmed that I always look at the relationship of that, of, of God's will versus human nature. And it's fascinating topic to me.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. Political question. Why do rhinos keep worming their way into the Republican party? You want to go first?
1: I would say they are the Republican Party. And then um, the ones that aren't are the exception. Uh, I I think the most disappointing thing for me is we are facing insane problems in the country that will take generational solutions, starting in the home, of course, but also with our outlook on what role we see government in our lives. I think a, a rise of federalism is so important. That's why I like people like Governor Ron DeSantis for reminding people that states, state power can check federal government Whenever they're too uh, tyrannical. But what I'm really, really uh, concerned about is when you look at the actual the details The you know, like you get on the ground level of the GOP, whether it's at the town, county, state level, and then especially in D.C., it's a disturbing situation. It, we're not going to fix anything in this country if this is how the actual Republican Party operates.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the truth is your state GOPs decide everything. I mean, that's the truth. If if you haven't kissed the ring, if you haven't been approved, you don't get it. You don't get in. And, and if you are those rare exceptions, you will be attacked so horribly that you will either quit or you will be compromised and corrupted. I mean, I mean, that's just all it is. Uh, you know, I don't care how good you are. How good of a person you are, how much of a fighter you are, no one can fight for forever. And so you're either going to quit, you're either going to have something thrown at you to where you lose an election, or you're going to cave. Because nobody can fight for forever. They just can't.
1: Now, Graham, a good positive twist on that, because I look at that situation and it's one of the most disheartening Situations happening in terms of American politics to me. The fact that we all think if we show up and vote, if we volunteer, if we all become precinct committee members, like we're going to fix this. No, we need a full takeover. And so a good example is Myra Flores in, in Texas. Yeah. She got elected and became the first Republican. She's a Border Patrol wife, mother of I think three or four, and now she's a Republican congresswoman. First Republican elected in over 100 years. And if you look at what happened in that county down there, it's because a bunch of Hispanic Republicans, lead immigrants that have been Americans for decades... They all decided to say, we're going to take this community back. They had their church involved. Her headquarters is literally in her church. Her community pastor, I met him. I got to go a week after she was elected to go speak at the GOP dinner. So it was perfect timing. I got to sit with them, the county GOP leadership. Turns out they had taken over the county just a little bit before that, I think a year or two before that. And then they started running their own candidates. So they put enough precinct people from the good people in that community in charge of all the precincts. They took over the elections of the county. And then they started having greater influence in all the races and they were successful. And I think that that is what we need to be doing in communities across the country. People that align with us, we could probably find one in every town or at least every county that could start a county level movement and then take over the GOP. Of the state.
0: Yeah. I it's agree. just a little vision in my no, head. No, no, I agree. It, it's your local caucuses. It's your, it, it's your local GOP groups. It's your local state officials or county officials. Excuse me. That's where it all starts. That's where it all goes.
1: And I don't mean just do oh, go join and start volunteering no, and be a precinct. Yeah. No, I like mass, take the leadership positions. Takeover.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. This is a really long question, but it's a really good one. I think that's going to end us out here. All right. How do you deal with fear? fear of the future, fear of the evil that we see. Morgan, you're the guest. You want to start that off?
1: Oh, um so I am very Christian and I love to feel fear and then immediately identify it as the devil and I understand that i'm going to face a lot of hard things in life probably nowhere near as hard as other people so that kind of helps ground me but then also this idea that every challenge we face if we remember what we're really up against and who's on our side versus who is against us it's so grounding to me and it gives me so much peace like whether it's an argument with somebody that i love or it's a big universal problem, like a story breaking. I had a situation of like, you know, this reporter from a big place reached out to me and they asked to contact my lawyer because they wanted my statement on this big story. And I, at first I feel this like, wait, I'm not even involved in the story. First of all, so I'm not concerned, but it's just like that. They want to freak you out, right? The, yeah. They want to, the enemy wants to get in your head. They want to scare you. They want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be involved in this. Immediately. I just said. I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm going to stay rooted in what I core believe on the inside of myself. And I'm, I'm going to push forward with this no matter what ends up happening. Same thing with a relationship. I always, even in a situation where I kind of want to bite my tongue and just not say anything because I know it could lead to something and I don't want that bad outcome after that interaction, I just imagine like – what would Jesus think of my interaction here if I said what's on my mind and what would, how would he want me to behave? And so it gives me this peace that I really can't describe, but it helps with little minor conversations where I'm maybe getting a little frustrated with someone or those big things where, Hey, it could be career ending. I I just feel a peace.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, and this all goes to, you know, biblical worldviews, which some people get tired of hearing, but I don't care. It's my show. You're listening. Um, you know, the Bible actually talks about this. You you gain not one extra, extra minute of your life. You gain not one thing worrying about what is going to happen tomorrow. Right. And so, you know, how do I deal with fear? Well, I think fear to a certain extent, is a good thing. Uh, It's there innately in us uh, to, you know, uh, the courage and, and boldness is not the absence of fear. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's, Channeling that fear, um, addressing that fear and standing in spite of that fear, those that that's real courage, that's real boldness. Um, and so I think that you cannot have great leadership, you cannot have great examples, you cannot have great movements as we've talked about. Without fear, like the the, they go hand in hand. There's no testimony. There's no story without a a a good guy and a bad guy per se. Right? The hero's arc, etc. Like that's a real thing. Uh, As far as peace in times of the evil that's coming, I mean, there there is that. There's evil that's coming. It's going to get worse. I've said this. Time and time again, who would have thought four years ago, We everything that's happened in the past four years, who would have ever imagined? Literally. Like, I mean, it's it's become so natural to us now that we forget a mere three and a half years ago, if you would have said, hey, there's fixing to be a virus, uh, it's not going to be bad at all. It's going to be like the flu, but they're going to shut the entire world down because of it. And not only that, they're going to make it to where if you do not vaccinate, you will lose your job, your livelihoods, et cetera. Uh, You'll be ostracized from society. Uh, Other countries will literally have camps be built to take you to. They would have looked at you like you were a crazy person. And you look at where we are now. When I tell you it is only going to get worse, it is only going to get more insane, et cetera. Uh, the pipeline stuff that's going on right now. I just saw that a CIA person, you know, came on there and said that all signs point to it was Russia that did it, you know, all this other kind of stuff. I mean, I'm telling, I'm telling you, it's gonna get worse. If you listen to Alex Jones, we should all head to the Southern hemisphere, uh, because you know, it's all gonna go boom real quick, you know, but again, even if that is true, what good does it do? to sit here and worry every minute of every day about that stuff. What do we gain by where I could get cancer tomorrow? Maybe I live, maybe I don't. What good does it do me to sit here and worry about it and lose the time that I do have in this life to focus on the things that matter, to try to leave my children in a position to where, Maybe somehow, some way, if you know, I'm I'm losing the faith that I'm gonna leave it better than it was when I was here, but I, I'm I'm hopeful in the fact that maybe I'll leave them the ability to navigate it, you know? And, and that's a real big realization I've had to realize too, you know, the, the saying, I just wanna leave the world a little better than it was when I got here for my kids. I think that's done. I don't think that's real anymore. I think I think we have to shift. I think we have to shift to preparing our children and the future generations how to navigate and how to hopefully start spinning the wheel back the right direction because our generation and the generation before us and before us and before us they failed. They all did. They failed. That's why we we are where we are. And um but it doesn't do us any good to sit here and fear those things. We just have to know that evil exists. And this is. This is this is good versus evil. And we have to realize that too. Oh, Graham, that's getting a little kooky kind of sound. And No, it's true. It's true. This is good versus evil. Um, you know, somebody made a statement about the amount of babies that have been murdered and said slavery holds no candle to the atrocities that have happened through abortion. And people lost their minds, et cetera, et cetera. And John Cooper made a really good analysis. You know, the abortion thing is a battle of good against evil. The slavery, Civil War, et cetera, was a battle of good versus evil. Slavery was evil. It was an evil thing that needed to be eradicated. It needed to be gotten rid of. Can you imagine if today, if social media existed today and slavery was still uh, here today and we went, well, you know, if churches and all this stuff went, well, you know – I. I mean it's great that you know some slaves were freed but you know what about the people that really need those slaves you know and all that can you imagine what would happen to people but that's what we do with abortion well you know okay yeah that's great that, that we're saving some babies but what about the women that actually need to have those abortions and all this stuff I mean it's it's where we are as a society now I truly believe that our forefathers would be like, and they were not perfect people either by any means, but they would look at us like, who are you? Like, this is, this is not what we had in mind at all. Like you are not a, I truly believe that the founding fathers would look at us like you are not Americans. No, you're not. You're, there's nothing about you that is American. And either way, I'm going on a tangent now. Um, those are good questions, guys. Thank yeah. you so much yeah. for those. Those were good you. conversations. Morgan, thanks so much for coming on the show again. Uh, maybe we'll have you, uh, in town more often and oh, you can I be on love the that. show more often. That's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to check out Morgan's podcast, everything that she's got going on. Thanks so much for listening. Do us a favor, share this uh, episode with your friends. Leave us five stars. Leave us a review. It helps us in the rankings. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you all again next time.